Hi, Andrew. And hey, everybody else. And welcome to our podcast, Scary, scary Stories, Stories to, to Tell on the Pod. It is a podcast all about scary stories, urban legends, and spooky things you tell us about. And uh, hey, it's the second episode of our of our soft relaunch, or just a limited edition. We haven't decided. We haven't decided yet. We just uh, wanted to kind of monetize our conversations. Yeah. <laughs> we do it all the time anyway. We were like, this should be a podcast. <laughs> but we also talk about spooky things. We do. And that's nice. Yeah. Like if you have never been cool or good. Yeah. This is, and you like spooky things. But you don't like spooky things that get to the point. This is a chatty no. podcast. This, I feel like we do have to do a bit of the like getting the momentum back up of explaining to listeners like, we're not coming to you with highly researched tight packages. This is a podcast for laundry only. <laughs> yeah. We're getting shushed. Um, <laughs> we should just change it to call, th- this podcast is called We're Getting Shushed. I, listen... No one would object. Anna, for all those people out there who want us to get straight to the point, I was figuring maybe this time I would just get straight to the point. I think that's great. Oh, wait, do we want to do, did anything spooky oh, happen yeah, this week? Oh, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, because that still feels straight to the point. That's true. We're getting to spooky fast. What is something scary that happened to you this week? Um, <laughs> was my thing a health thing last week, too? We're, th- we're in our <laughs> mid-30s. This is welcome to the new era. Um... Why did I say that we should do it and then I didn't have anything? <laughs> Something scary is when you have an idea. Like when it's like, we sh- let's, let's make popcorn and then to not have the popcorn and also be like, I've never even seen a microwave. Well, something spooky that's going on in my block uh, is that it's spider season and oh. it's pine needles falling down season. So our oh, whole block God. has big pine needles that are just suspended in midair floating slowly <laughs> in the middle of the street. No. It's unbelievable. I didn't even consider that this would be about suspending pine needles. I thought it was the fear of like when a pine needle falls on you, you're like, well, for sure it's a spider. But how spooky to have the pine needles floating. No, I would never believe that a spider would choose me. I One never thinks that a spider will choose them. No, certainly not. It's so, it is spider season. Chris just pointed out that our two like big plants out on our patio are dying. And I was like, why do you think they're dying? And Chris said, he thinks it's spiders. And I was like, how does that work? And he didn't have an answer. So I don't really know why I'm sharing that. Chris, get out of the shower. <laughs> Maybe spider mites. That's something oh, that's that I've what heard. he said, spider mites. Yeah, oh. they like suck on the moisture. Oh, God. Why did I have an accent? Moisture. Suck on the moisture. That is very scary. Yeah, it's not good. I, I grew some aphids this year. I put in eight pepper plants and all i got was aphids they were (laughs) oh i really anna i really did think that aphids were the new sea monkeys and i was like i guess i guess anna's an aphid girl they kind of are i mean (laughs) i i had an amazing crop of girls really good group of girls girls yeah do you have your new multi-cam yeah oh my thing was spiders last week also it's that that time of year it it feels very it's really on the nose i mean i get like hollywood produces all of our media Mm. And there's a lot of spiders out here during spooky season. That's true. That's true. It's almost surprising that there's not more spider-centric uh, horror, uh, l- l- that that genre is not more robust. Yeah. You know? There's only eight-legged freaks. Wait, say the fact that you oh told me about eight-legged God. freaks. Everybody, I can't, I saw this on Twitter. Or, I'm not, I, you know what? I'm calling it Twitter. I'm calling it Twitter. I won't change. No. I'm done changing. I know. I'm an 88-year-old man. Um, <laughs> I, saw this on, I saw this on Twitter that... <laughs> That the original title for the film Eight-Legged Freaks, which I believe was released in 2002, 
uh, when the movie sold and was in production, this was pre 9-11, and the original title for Eight-Legged Freaks was Iraq Attack, <laughs> which they then understandably had to change to Eight-Legged Freaks when we uh, invaded Iraq. Yeah. I told this to Jason the other day in a Pep Boys. Where were we? We were in a store. Uh, he just looked at me like, don't ask me to remember something. <laughs> And he he was like, well, Eight-Legged Freaks is a much better... What's happening in my mouth? Much bigger. He was like, well, Eight-Legged Freaks is a much better title. And I was like, I think they must have gotten really attached to Iraq Attack. Because it does rhyme. I think you're right. The the early aughts really loved a rhyming title. But I do agree that Eight-Legged Freaks was a better title. I will also say that I entered, entered, I believe, a, a pack sun sweepstakes themed around eight legged freaks because my 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 middle school friend star had won the deep blue sweepstakes at paxson she won it and like she and four friends got to go on like a surfing getaway they got to pet a shark <laughs> or no what was it deep blue kate bosworth was that what it was oh, called that was blue crush blue crush i was gonna that say was deep it. blue sea is separate <laughs> yeah blue that would crush be. okay wow she won the a- sweepstakes and i remember when it happened i felt like it was happening to me like i was like my friend won a sweepstakes when your friend won a sweepstakes when we were growing up it does happen to you yes and so i entered the eight-legged freaks one which was i believe like an atv off-road week-long trip which i would have hated oh it sounds awful yeah like really not built to my interest especially with the stricture now that i know probably would no have cost you a lot can't of be bouncing around on that stretcher can't be bouncing around on, you'd be dead on an alternate terrain vehicle um <laughs> yeah anyway so that's that, a little that was your final destination was winning the eight-legged freaks <laughs> yeah. Sun contest and your stricture explodes everybody everybody stop applying to the sweepstakes <laughs> um oh heaven i have a spooky thing that happened to oh me yes week. tell us our our microwave zap exploded What's were you up? here when this happened no okay I was making popcorn, which I do, you know, nearly every spooky Sunday. Uh-huh. And um, it was making big flashing zap noises. And I was like, did I, am I, did I put, leave a teaspoon in there? It's like, I couldn't think of what metal thing I could have left in there. Cause it's just a, a bag of popcorn. I remember you, what's happening with my mouth? <laughs> I remember, <laughs> I remember you saying, oh, I made popcorn, but it's burnt. Anyway, yeah. like you so, didn't know what the explanation was. So it did. So the popcorn in the microwave, it blew, the panel blew out. Like it oh. like exploded the panel. Um, and then I was like, oh, I'll make microwave on the stove. I'll make microwave on the stove. Anna, what's happening? Should we open a door? <laughs> Is there a gas? There's a gas leak in here. There's a gas leak from the... It's a gas-powered microwave? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was making popcorn. So then I was like, oh, I'll make popcorn on the stove like I'm a pioneer. Uh, and that... I, I even had... I had made... I, I don't think I can technically call it ghee. What is the butter without the um, milk solids and water in it? It's called something. I think... Yeah, clarified, clarified butter. butter. Yeah. I had made clarified butter, and I was like, this is perfect. Well, it burned all hell, and the popcorn was inedible. Um, so we had a maintenance guy come by uh, yesterday and, um, he was explaining what had happened. I was like, there was no metal in it. I promise. Like we make popcorn all the time. And he said that a little bit of something I couldn't quite, I didn't quite catch like what he said it was, but sometimes little bits of food get jammed between the screws that keep the panel on. Okay. And that creates, uh, like that, like releases an electrical charge or something. That's what I gathered. Wow. Yeah. If it's like a salty or moisturous 
<laughs> yeah, that yeah, that makes sense. And it's the panel that shoots out electro waves. I think that is the deal. Yeah, okay. but it it looked so scary when I opened the microwave. It looked like um, it looked like you know what's that chemical when you light it on fire? It looks like a claw emerging from hell. Do you know what that is? Have you ever seen those videos? No, ma'am. It's like you, there's like a thing and like a, a wavy, scary kind of like willowy hand looking thing comes out of it. Cool. And that's kind of what was happening there. I, I I can't speak to the science behind it, but it was very scary. Be careful with your microwaves, everybody. Everybody, listen, the highs are lit, <laughs> are are lower than they used to be. The lows are sort of all the time. Yeah. We're all just thinking about our microwaves. I know, this, I know. We live and die based on what's going on with our microwaves. Just be careful. Now more than ever. Now more than ever. Be careful around your microwaves. Yes. Okay. Um, well, now let's get to it. Yes. Anna, uh, we, we used to have a segment... Oh, we used to have like a, a, a subgenre of episode called Urban Legisodes. That's right. And that's what this is. Okay. And what's so fun is I got to dig back into one of our favorite source books, The Vanishing Hitchhiker <gasps> by Dr. Brunvond. Thank you. Um, and this story, th- this one has multiple titles. I'm going to use one that doesn't give it away immediately. Uh, the title of this is called Tap, Tap, Tap. <gasps> I'm already scared. A girl and her boyfriend were driving at night down an isolated country road, trying to find Lover's Lane, which they'd heard had a nice view overlooking their hometown. Yeah, I bet they heard sure. that. <laughs> As they drove, the sky seemed to get darker and darker. The girl began to get nervous that they were lost. Her boyfriend, trying to lighten the mood, turned on the radio to cheer her up, but it wasn't long before the music was interrupted by a special announcement. Police were warning that a mad hangman had escaped from the local prison and was on the loose. <gasps> last spotted running into the woods. We'd better turn around and go home, said the girl. I guess you're right, her boyfriend grumbled. But suddenly, the car started spluttering and eventually stalled. The boyfriend looked at the gauge and realized they had run out of gas. No matter how many times he turned the key, the engine just wouldn't start. The girl began to panic because it was after midnight and they were stuck in the middle of nowhere and couldn't get home. And what if the mad hangman were to find them? Oh. The boyfriend got out of the car and took a look around. They were in a secluded and wooded area. All he could see were trees. There seemed to be no houses for miles around. They were completely alone. The girl was spooked and kept asking her boyfriend to do something. He told her he would have to walk back to the main highway and get help. The boyfriend could see she was scared, so he told her not to worry. He would return as fast as he could. But the girl could see concern in his face. Kissing her goodbye, he told her to roll up the windows and lock the doors. Then he set out walking down the road. The girl watched as her boyfriend got further and further away and finally disappeared into the darkness. Hours passed and the girl sat shivering in the car, fearful of every shadow she saw and every noise she heard. She began to feel like her boyfriend was never coming back. Suddenly, she heard a loud tapping noise on the roof of the car. Mm. Tap, tap, tap. She began to panic, but she was too tired. She was too tired. I'm too tired. She was too terrified <laughs> to get out and investigate. She it's kept- about being in your mid-30s. <laughs> oh, I sat in a car and now I have to take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> she kept trying to peer out the windows, but it was too dark to see anything. Tap, tap, tap. The tapping noise seemed to go on and on and on. The girl was scared to death, but there was nothing she could do. Tap, tap, tap. She was forced to remain huddled in the car all night long, listening to the tapping sound. 
Eventually, she managed to fall asleep. Again, this is, she is in firmly mid thirties. This sounds like it would be a good purple noise, not brown noise, <laughs> not white noise. I would sleep to a tap tap tap. She woke up to the sound of a car pulling up. Then she heard a voice shouting, "This is the police! Is there anyone in the car?" The girl sighed with relief. "Just me," she cried. "My boyfriend left me here alone and never came back." "Okay, stay calm," said the policeman. "Listen to me very carefully. Open the door." Get out of the car and walk towards me. But whatever you do, don't look behind you. The girl obeyed the policeman's orders. Even though her hands were shaking and her mind was racing, she opened the car and stepped out. Now, walk towards me, said the policeman, and don't look behind you. The girl began walking slowly towards the policeman, but suddenly, suddenly she stopped in her tracks. Don't look behind you, shouted the policeman. But it was too late. The girl couldn't help herself. She turned around and began screaming in horror. Her boyfriend's dead body was hanging from a tree branch overhead. His shoes tap, tap, tap <gasps> on the roof of the car. That wow, that could, could happen. happen. A mad hangman. A mad hangman. It's Did so he funny. work at the prison? Yes. He and then they mad? locked him up? Yeah. And then he got out? It's kind of like the movie Gothica, which feels like a, a major conflict of interest to be put in the put in the prison that you're the hangman for. Yeah, I, that's mad. awkward. You see everyone you used to work with. This is so there's there are many interesting things about this story to me. Okay. Had you heard the story before, Anna? No. I thought it was gonna be a version of the people lick two. So I almost did people lick two, but I figured so no. much of it's about animal death and we you know on this podcast we replace whenever animals die with calling the animal a landlord yeah and it was just going to happen so often that i felt like the audience became <laughs> it's not just landlords that lick your hand <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> landlords landlord lick um so there's a lot of interesting stuff about this to me this falls under the category of our favorite teenage whores teenage whores um, Lover's Lane. Lover's Lane. So the alternate titles of this are just called The Boyfriend's Death, which I think is very funny. That's like the genre? That's the genre. Okay. Um, this story can also be called The Lover's Lane Killer. Uh, but what was so interesting about this to me, because like this is such an agreed upon like urban legend. Like it's it's very similar to The Hook, but with a more grisly ending. I this thought is a more it was going to be The Hook, and I was like, it's cool that we're just doing, doing The it Hook. Doing it again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, this is... So I feel like... The proliferation of the hook as a campfire story is maybe more appropriate for children. Right. Whereas this, because that's about nearly missing a mad killer, right? Yeah. And it's like a hook is just like fun for kids. Yes, exactly. Kids love a hook. So what's interesting about this story is it spread through college campuses in the Midwest, as far as people can tell, as early as the 1950s. Um, and it's not just out of nowhere, Anna, because believe it or not, no. we're not a true crime podcast, but there are so many Lover's Lane murders that have happened in the 20th century. No. And most of them go completely unsolved. Um, I know it's a, it's That's a crazy, it's such a big, it does. Bummer. I guess I could, it could make so the part of me that is an FBI person. Yes, we are FBI, pe- not agents or people. people. That's my job. Yeah. <laughs> I'm FBI person. It's like being a karate person, but for FBI. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, I, I guess it makes sense that like, they're like suburban kids who aren't super like capable of handling themselves yeah. in the woods who are like out in the woods right 
I guess it's similar to why camping people, I feel like people go camping. Yeah. This feels rude. It is prime camping season. I shouldn't be talking about yeah, people well, getting murdered at campsites. I know. Well, listen, it can, it can happen. It doesn't happen much. I no. think the thing, and like, you know, it's not, it's not that like there's a, there was like an epidemic of lovers lane murders, but, um, uh, like the earliest, but weirdly the earliest ones like aren't even that remote. Like the earliest one I found was in 1930. The first like lovers lane, uh, murders were in Queens, New York. Isn't Where was the lover's lane? That's what... It's, what were they looking at? So what's so funny about Queens just in general for anyone not from New York, because like you think of Queens and you think of like, um, I don't know, I think of like really good Greek food and like huge mm-hmm. buildings everywhere. But at the time, like when Queens got incorporated into New York City, it was called like the Villages of Queens. Yeah. So it was like little, it was a, it was a lot more rural. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's where Kitty Genovese was. I know. Is it what's so weird? Although there's a really good documentary about that. And everything we know about her is wrong. She was it, faking it. <laughs> she wasn't that. really Italian at all. Try that in a small town. Um uh so but in any event, so there's all these like lovers lane murders. Also the concept of lovers lane I was interested in. Like, how did yeah. this like where did this come from? And apparently, like, um uh late nineteen uh, late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds, when the the like idea of teenage courting as like a fun and not matchmaking thing to do like an actual thing to be like we're going on dates yeah um there would be kind of um uh sections of parks where where like lovers would go on like walks and they'd see like a nice view and they kiss in a park bench that was considered necking was looking at a nice view that was considered necking and my my grandma famously um once when i was preparing to go on a date when i was a teenager was like oh you kids always have to go to the movies or go get dinner and i was like well, what did you do on dates and she said well we made love but that <gasps> means something different back then that I means think. like squishing your torsos together yeah. i think it's also like sighing while you put your head on someone's shoulder. Yeah. But I wouldn't put it. She took Kinsey's class, so I'm not going to put it past That's her. right. I think she meant what she said. <laughs> she knew what she, she knew what she said. You need to go to movies. I was just fucking and sucking and <laughs> yanking and cranking and. <laughs> oh, yanking okay. and cranking. Yanking and cranking and. She also, my favorite thing is one time um, out of nowhere, she just said to me, Andy, do you like to rock? And she meant on like rocking chairs and swings. <laughs> But I really didn't understand that. And so I was like, I, I guess a little. Yeah, until Twisted Sister burst through the wall behind her. <laughs> like, whoa, did you guys plan this? <laughs> yeah, classic, classic cool oh granny. My God, um, the lover's lane. Did you ever um, go on a date to look at a view? No, I kind of, here's the thing. I want to do that now. Like yeah. I, I mean, it kind of is a, ver- like, I guess Griffith Park is kind of a version of a lover's lane. You're just surrounded by people in, like, very expensive hats. Yeah. Yeah, that makes yeah, I think there's a lot of lovers lane adjacent things in LA. Yeah. Jason and I didn't do a lovers lane thing, but I guess we went to look at the house that was they were trying to that Davina was trying to sell for like seventy million. Oh, the romance. Yeah. And, um so we drove up to it at night when we were on our way to something. And then as we were walking back to the car, we realized that there was a beautiful view of Los Angeles. And I was like, wait, let's stop and hug. And then we hugged. I think that's nice. Is that lover's lane? <laughs> yeah. Stop and hug the view. <laughs> it's in the bird streets. Yeah. That's real. Oh, that is really, that's fun. Um, wow. That but house. That's all I want to do. I, I remember I was trying to date this guy who was not interested, mm-hmm. but we were still kind of dating. And I picked him up after work and was like, let's go ride the um roosevelt island tram oh yeah and i brought us brown bag beers and he was like you know that i have celiac 
And then we just didn't ride the tram and kind of sat on a bench in Williamsburg. It wasn't good. He was being a grump. You still could have rode the, the tram's fun. I think I just felt so dumb. Oh, it's not your fault. We might have still rode the tram. I can't remember what we did. We must communicate. We must communicate our relationships to gluten. But the thing is, he didn't want to date me. And I was like, here, I'll show you. <laughs> it's the thing you can't have. I, my, I guess my version of Lover's Lane, there's Chris. Green. He's just out of the shower. He's dressed, everyone. Little sweetie. Put it away. He's covered in bubble bath that's just covering <laughs> important moments. <laughs> he still has like a bubble. A, a, why am I having, we're both having a hard time. What's going this on? This is a big grab today. This is a big grab day. Um, but the other weird thing about Lover's Lanes, well, because I, I was going to, my version of that was I didn't understand in New York City and probably everywhere. You're really not supposed to go in a dog park if you don't have a dog. <laughs> It's the unspoken rule. Yeah. In my in my early 20s, like fresh out of the closet and like my early dates, I'd be like, let's like grab like let's grab dinner, blah, blah. And then like maybe we'll drop by a dog park because what what a fun thing. And then I was it's so funny. One of my like very early um, uh, first dates when I came out was with was with esteemed comedian Sam Taggart. And, I didn't know that. And we went Aww. into a dog park and a woman yelled like really yelled. At, at me was no. like you're not supposed to and then and then i was like oh my god i had no idea and sam was like yeah it's kind of an agreed upon <gasps> thing oh no did <laughs> sam so have terrible. his dog at that point no i love that dog Giz- gizmo gizmo yeah really, really classic dog. that dog's rump perfect really perfect couldn't draw it it's uh, one of my favorite things is like he's kind of a no-nonsense dog and uh, sam described him as uh always being on the job which i think is really <laughs> funny it's a dog that could drive a car to the hospital if you did. <laughs> That's true. It's yeah, a really dog, sturdy dog. He's the DD. Oh, my God. Um, the other interesting thing about Lover's Lanes to me um, is that the proliferation of the story has a lot to do with when women were going to college and when they had oh. more um, freedom to do what they wanted mm-hmm. and that it made sense that uh, parents would really emphasize those lovers lane murders as like something that could happen to them if they don't stick close to home. Wow! So it's like, why, why those murders like got so much press and are in the newspaper and like in dear Abby columns all the time, probably not hints from Hillois, but like, like all of the Ann Landers things like feature very heavily. Like, yes, these lovers lane murders still do happen. But Anna, I wanted to share some of the like alt, versions of the no i shouldn't say all about anything really some of the um twists on this story are Uh very interesting to me uh because this story can also be called um scratch 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 sure which doesn't roll off the tongue as well but in this case the boyfriend is discovered to be hung upside down and it's his fingers dragging on it which i think is more gruesome also Also, like why you 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 gotta clip your fingernails if you're going up to Lover's Lane. That I mean, come on. Now. That's the real scary story. <laughs> I know. Keep those cuticles in line. You are gonna have to go to the doctor. Yeah, that's how you know. That's how you know someone's dating. They're yeah. keeping good. They're keeping good care of the fingernails. <laughs> um, but some like there are some really gruesome ones too. So there's there are notable Malaysian and British versions of okay. the boyfriend's death. Uh, the Malaysian one, which I was a little confused by. It I, I didn't I couldn't find like an actual copy of it, especially not um, in the original language. But it, like what the information I found, it said that that um, it often is happening on like under a busy road. So the kind of horror of it is that she's close to people who could help, but they're just like out of sight, and that that's very scary. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, the British one though, 
uh, instead of a mad hangman, it's a mad axeman, which feels more like what we're used to in these urban legends, right? Yeah. Um, hangman is kind of a twist. Uh, but the axeman decapitates the boyfriend, impaling his head on the car's radio antenna. Oh. And the tapping the girl hears is his blood dripping on the hood of the car. I have to say, I did think the tapping was blood. Yeah. And I was like, I guess the rope made his neck bleed. That also could be. No, but that didn't make sense. That's not also, what happens. I guess, I guess it's like the tapping of shoes. I'm trying to think like knock, knock, knock. Yeah, it could be anything really. Wow, on the radio antenna, like a like a Mickey thing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That also, what the strength and zero bendability of that antenna to have a head impaled on it feels pretty nuts. Yeah, I also feel like that crime and then the crime of hanging someone in the woods, it sounds like it would take a lot of effort. And yes. these murders sound like they're really good at being quiet. It's, I mean, it's really hard to, to remove a folding chair from a car. I can't imagine, <laughs> I can't imagine going through pains to hang someone in a specific place. Also, the, uh, one of the weaknesses of the, of this version of the story is that there's no like sound of struggle or anything. Yeah. I do like that. She looks out the windows and she can't see anything. Yeah. She's that's like, spooky. what's the tapping? Cause that, yeah, I think that's, that's good. Um, but the reason I found this very interesting, the reason why the British versions is the mad Axeman. Uh, is often credited to a real-life mad axeman named Frank Mitchell who escaped from Dartmoor Prison in 1966. I won't go into the actual crimes themselves, which were committed with a machete, which is weird that they're calling me an axeman. Um, the name stuck, as did the horrific public fascination that came with reports that Mitchell possessed great physical strength and liked to demonstrate it by lifting a grand piano off the floor or picking up two grown men, one in each hand. Wow. I'm almost like, what kind of Gaston killer is this? I know. I feel like he could break a belt on his neck. <laughs> yes. Uh, whole song's written about him. Um, and as panic swept the locality of the prison, one of the most concerted and ultimately fruitless manhunts of all time was instigated. Um, which makes sense, since a feature of the horror in these types of urban legends is that the killer is still out there. He's on the loose. And that's also why like those stories become so... like obviously your head would go to like, Oh, the Zodiac or son of Sam. And it's like, well, Zodiac wasn't found. Although was he, was he found? I think famously wasn't. Yeah. And people say like Mitt Romney's dad, was it or something? Or Ted Cruz. Ted, that? Oh, Ted, Ted Cruz. Cruz's I get them mixed up. <laughs> what a twist. If it was Mitt Romney's dad this whole time. Just a sweetie. Um, but in any event, like there's no mystery of like when someone isn't found, that's when it gets into like lore territory. You know? Yeah, because he could still be out there. Yeah. Another interesting feature of this is that in a lot of these stories, uh, I mean, in this case, it's like, this is the mad hangman. It's like a mentally ill person, mm -hmm. but he does not have a physical, there's no scar, there's no hook, there's no physical description of this person at He's all. He's just like, wah! Right. Well, and that's another interesting thing to me is that... Um, that the or I mean the origins of like having to have a person have something wrong with them in order to be evil is like ancient, but uh, especially like in the like early twentieth century, as eugenics was a big old thing, it became very comforting to think like oh I can spot an evil person, <laughs> like right. an evil person will look evil. They'll have a scar over their eye. They'll have an eye patch. They'll have a hook. There will be something that like sets them apart, which is how the like trope of like a peg-legged murderer or something like that came to be this guy just yeah. likes hanging people he's like here's what yeah I like one thing <laughs> i'm easy uh, 
fun to go on vacation with. Very fun to go on vacation. Easy with. to go out to dinner with. She I just likes hanging. occasionally hang people. I'm mad about it. I'm really mad. <laughs> um, oh. I guess. Well, and and what's funny is there's not a ton of. This is really interesting to me. Lovers Lane urban legends have really gone out of fashion because it's not so much a thing. Lovers Lane today is. Um, Don't dis- say Tinder. It's not Tinder. It's disappearing pictures on Instagram. What does that mean? You know, it's like when people send like nudes and it's like the Instagram pictures that disappear. Oh. <laughs> I see. The fear, the fear would be that the mad hangman sneaks into the chat. Calling it disappearing pictures. You've never sounded more of a centenarian in your life. <laughs> disappearing pictures. Disappearing pictures. I don't know what they're called. Vanish mode. Oh, vanish mode's good. No, that's text. Yeah. Is that, I don't know. And it, you, you know, the pictures that go away. Is it allowed to go to a cemetery with your own shovel and bury yourself? This is what I'm asking. <laughs> <laughs> we were just talking to about the delight in seeing um, Gen Alpha begin to start calling Gen Z cringe. But I do think, oh, unfortunately, we are, our generation is the cringiest and that just, yeah, we have like to we're Harry Potter pumpkin spice dummies. But like, is there anything cringier than being like, I'm a different time. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not saying we're good. I'm just saying that like being an influencer is yeah so dumb it is there are things that i can even i know some people really don't like the the usage of the word spooky as like that's just too much i i don't say spoopy i don't go in for that no we can't say no we can't always be talking like we're talking to cats i know that i maybe that's the thing but i guess like what what do we think from a from a cringy millennial perspective what do we think um, the younger generation, what the figure that the younger generation is afraid of? Oh, that's a great question. Is it like you match with somebody on a dating app and they, they look like they're from the past, but then they are. Oh, like someone has a really good Y2K style and it's cause they did. Oh my God. That is scary. There's a big, something I have noticed and I, I, I have teenage nieces and nephews, so I know <laughs> there's a big emphasis on, um, uh, submechanophobia. Have you heard What's of this? That? No. Okay. So there are all these YouTube compilations, which is astounding that there's enough to cover this, but people who are afraid of animatronics that exist underwater and come out of the water. Okay. So like um, you're in like a Jurassic Park type ride yes. and, uh, and uh, yeah, the, the, the thing comes up. Yeah. yeah. And scary. goes like, I'm spitting on you. Right. Or the Jaws, the Jaws animatronic okay. from the ride. Um, that, wow, that's a specific big... to animatronic. Because I do have fear of looking down in a pool and there's a fish. Oh, yeah. Oh, I have a God. thing of fish and poolophobia. Yeah. I... Is anyone else ever thinking about this? I'm sure I've talked about this on the podcast. I had this childhood fear of if I was swimming in my pool and if I looked at the light in the pool that I would see a shark. I swim <gasps> by it behind the light. Behind the light? Yes. Like in the fixture? I, I had this. I, I This makes no sense. But I had this like nightmare when I would like swim laps that I would be swimming and I, and a, and a shark would crash through the wall <gasps> of the pool. Whoa, Andrew, that's scary. It was scary because our, it was right up. We were right up against a canal and this isn't how any of this works, but I was like, what if a shark burrowed from the canal? But here's the thing. The what if a shark burrowed from the canal? It could happen. And no one answered you because you didn't, you were too polite to ask. No. And it was always when I was swimming from the shallow end to the deep end that I'd be like, it's going to happen one day. I'm going to see that. Especially over in the deep end. You don't know what goes on in there. And Florida, I mean, Florida, really anything can happen. 
Isn't it like very common that iguanas go in your pool? Yes. And gators? Here's Well, we never had a gator in the pool. A, a squirrel fell into our pool one time while Ooh. I was in it. And it was, it was making really angry noises. And then another time a bird dropped. It's not, it wasn't a lobster, but it looked like a, a very small lobster. Like a, yeah, a cray guy. Into the, yeah, like a crayfish into the pool. And that was, I just, can you imagine like lounging in your pool and then you hear a little plop and then there's just a crayfish in the, in the, in the pool. You were absolutely right to be, I like if a shark burrowed through the wall in your pool from your canal. Yeah. No one would think you were crazy. I guess that's the, I think it's like what, what I'm realizing as we're even talking about this is that I feel like the fears now about people are more about like anonymity of people online, right? Who, who could ruin your life without showing up, you know? And yeah, but, but that there is still a part of us, which is timeless is we're always like a little afraid of nature. That will always be a part of it, right? Yes. Things that are out of our control and like, and that's why even small things are scary to us. Yeah. Yeah. Our friend Liz just went camping and they were in the backwoods in Yosemite and a bear. It wasn't even that the bear came up to their tent. It's that it was like maybe 10 yards away. Yeah. Yeah. And the eyes were reflecting in the the flashlight. Which is just too close for a bear to be. And and then uh, kind of like in the story, um, our friend Tesha, who, who Liz was camping with, <laughs> the, like the bear was, had like been like roaring and carousing outside and they had just screamed to make the bear go away. And then Tesha was like, that bear's going to come back and then fell asleep immediately, it's, which I love. I love that <laughs> impulse. It's just going to keep coming back. <laughs> so rude. I love Amazing. it so much. It's it makes really me good. laugh. Um, well, speaking of things from the past, yeah, people from the past and in, in things, effortless. Um, <laughs> I have something that's not an urban legisode, but it is uh, a character. <laughs> Do you ever read something and you love it so much, and then something shows up that is just beyond? You're like, this shouldn't have been in here. Oh, yeah, you could have lost this. Yep. Um, well, I've been reading or listening to the audiobook of the stand. We wow. get to have a good verb for when you're listening to an audiobook. Yeah. I'm I'm lending an ear. Yeah, no what could it be? <laughs> I'm being read a story by my car. <laughs> <laughs> my car is reading me a scary story while I merge. Um it is called The Stand. Great. By Stephen King. And I am having the time of my life. Yeah. I can't wait to go sit in traffic and listen to this. It's so fun. That is such a, that's such a nice feeling to have. And the stand is so long. It's like, what is it? 48 it's hours, 48 hours long, Yeah, which is famously at least three or four days. Yep. Um, and the thing about the audiobook of the stand, I didn't know it was 48 hours long when I downloaded it. And I was almost <laughs> like, Oh, bail, 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 bail. <laughs> um, but, it is the like basically the director's cut of the book oh, that right. the initial printing of the stand was edited down. And in the intro to this extended edition, uh, Stephen King says, I'm so thrilled that people can finally meet the kid. Um, the kid, and the whole time you're listening to it, you're like, this is amazing. It's an epic. First of all, I thought it was a zombie book because it was virus it's just virus yeah it's just an illness and then but then maybe the devil and there's the devil yeah Yeah. for sure but then i was like oh the dead people are going to get up and start walking around they just didn't not so um which was cool i wasn't expecting that 
Um, so, uh, yeah, it's like this epic that's following. It's very Lord of the Rings following uh. different people around. And this, it's just like there's certain characters that are like, my arm's on fire and I ate some pig shit. And it's just like, <laughs> oh, can we go to a different character? Yeah, place? yeah, yeah. This man named Trash Can Man who runs into this character, the kid, uh-huh. has been hyped. I, I want to say it was 20, 22 hours worth of listening to the audiobook before the kid shows up. So I'm going to read the Stephen King wiki please, for the kid. Um, the kid is a minor character and antagonist in The Stand, the complete and uncut edition. In interviews, Stephen King has stated that the kid was modeled after spree killer Charles Raymond Starkweather, um, which is... Uh, he's got like a, okay, so this is what the kid looks like, according to a comic book. Oh, okay. He has, so he <laughs> is described as, uh, the real name and age of the kid is not known, but he claims to be from Shreveport, Louisiana. He is five foot three inches and artificially boosts his height an additional six inches by means of three inch hairdo and three inch high heeled cowboy boots. Never works. The hairdo does not, you just look like Jimmy Neutron. I'm just telling everyone, don't be misled by anyone. I mean, he kind of does look like Jimmy. He looks like Mark Ronson. He does. And Jimmy Neutron. I know. He looks like Outsiders Jimmy Neutron. It's not what we're doing. Yeah. And he's in a a deuce coupe, which I didn't know what a deuce coupe was. So I just pictured a A car. Chevy. Yeah, exactly. I just pictured like a a Corvette, but it's one of these. It's like an old. Oh, my God. It's a Mr. 1930s. Yeah. It's like the driver sits outside. Um, he's also armed with a 45 pistol that he carries in a belt rig on his waist. Um, at sp- he drives his 1932 Ford Deuce Coupe at speeds high enough to induce brain damage. <laughs> he has very particular anachronisms involving things he does and says. For instance, his personal choice of beer is Coors and states as long as there's some left, he'll drink Coors, reportedly forcing Trashy to drink until he's ready to throw up, as well as threatening him that if he were to waste such a good drink by throwing up, he'd kill the man. And so it's literally, you're in the middle of this incredible book, and then this like short freak with like heels and a large haircut shows up and starts yeah. forcing people to drink warm Coors. foam. Um, but th- the whole point of this is that his catchphrase is... You believe that, happy crappy? No. Steven. You believe that, happy crappy? You know, here's the thing. I think there are people who exist like that out in the world, but I don't think they naturally exist. I think they do that because they want to be Stephen King characters. Here's the other. Th- yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I. here's the other thing. If you're already in a branch of the story with a character named the Trash Can Man. Yeah. Who lights oil rigs on fire. Right. Um. We don't need, you believe that happy crappy. You believe that happy crappy? It's just like, and he's like a sexual, he like is a sexual predator. Oh, yeah. And I had to fast forward through some like gross, it just like, picture me driving on the the, uh, the 110 yeah. being like, I gotta, I don't want to get in an accident, but I can't listen to Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'd rather be wrapped around. A, yeah. Uh, yeah no, like. it can't be this. I... Which, Sorry. Oh, but it's it's just very funny because the person, whoever the narrator is of the stand audiobook, has to be like the king of the audiobook narrating world. Mm -hmm. I think he's the guy who says this is audible. (laughs) I think it's that guy. Oh my god! Um, and he can do main. He can do a Gunkwit main accent. He can do Texas. He can do New York Jew. Which question mark? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
he can do Kansas, he can do, but and then hearing him do Louisiana, like I think it's just rude to ask that incredible person to also do a Shreveport, Louisiana accent with multiple catchphrases. He also says, don't tell me, I'll tell you. It's so funny to me. It's so funny to me to add a character back into a book who has multiple catchphrases. How do you like, is it? How do you like that? Happy crappy. What do you think of um, that? You believe that happy crappy. Well, now, Anna, you know Which, we're going to keep saying that again and again. Believe that other. happy crappy. It's really good crappy? when you have three animals because you have three opportunities to say you believe that happy crappy, <laughs> and they're all thrilled to hear it. But I, anyway, but this this scary story, the point of this mm-hmm. is that you are never immune from having bad ideas. No, yeah. That's, no that's one really is immune to a horrible idea. And like at no point in your career can you trust yourself to know no, I know that this is good and I'm going to put it back in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that uh, that's a really good point. I It's a thing that I we all dream, right, of getting to the point where it's like, I don't even want to be famous. I just want to be able to do what I want to do. But sometimes you need no. someone to be like, let's, let's get the kid out of there. Yeah, and like you might be right. The person giving you notes might be less artistically interesting than you. That doesn't mean that you're right. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you're right. I know. I, listening to the kid take over an otherwise really fun book with some insane, uh, you know, Stephen <laughs> King has his blind spots, but yeah. um, listening to that, I was just thinking about all the hills I've died on creatively. Oh, yeah. And I was like, I just, I think there's way fewer creative battles worth fighting than you think there are. The immense amount of, in <laughs> Anna wrote a very funny show called Praise Petey that I was lucky to write on. Oh, yeah, we should watch it on Hulu while it's still there. Yeah, everybody, everybody, <laughs> watch Praise Petey. It's so so funny. Yeah, it was such a joy to write on. Um, Anna and I get to play stupid characters on it. That Andrew are very is funny. incredible. He plays about eighty percent of characters in any given episode. <laughs> we Anna and I get to play the Bachelor and the Bachelorette. It's kind important. of, an, yeah, it's very fun. Yes. But I remember one of the um, on on an episode that I wrote on there was a joke that I put in about Lily Sobieski and like the call right after the read through, um, you know, the development people, the like producers were so nice, but one of them was like, I think we can lose the Lily Sobieski joke. And I remember being like, what? Like I wasn't angry. I was just like, what? People are going to love this Lily Sobieski joke. So dumb. The young people. (laughs) They're going to love Lily. You're not young. Like I am. and And then it was one of the funniest things in the world to me to realize, like I I think we are the last age of people who know who Lily Sobieski. Yeah, is. for us, it's too old. Right, but I'm like, I'm like, my, my first thought was like, have you even seen the Glass House? Like that was like, but but I, you need, you know you, the answer, Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> you don't ask questions you don't want the answer to. You so yeah, it's like I, I guess all of us don't watch Diane Lane's entire filmography, do we? <laughs> Um, but yeah, we always do need those people to be like mm, the, the people who you don't consider creative to maybe let you know what's the first chop. Yeah, there was, yeah, in episode nine, we almost revealed an, a giant underground aquarium because her yeah. dad thought that the opposite of space was underwater yes. and space is heaven, which means underwater is hell. <laughs> so when people misbehaved in the cult, they were put in an aquarium <laughs> as punishment. And we were trying to sell our creator, like the, um, our director and art director on like, no, it's okay that you guys have to draw an entire aquarium for one thing that we never revisit because it's so funny. 
Like we all, I think we're just dehydrated because the sun was coming through the window at a weird angle and everyone was sweating and it became funnier. Right. And then we were like, I think we can actually lose it. (laughs) But there was a period of time where we were like, we're just, they're just going to have to do it. This is, this is the thing about Stephen King too, in particular where it's like, I mean, what a prolific, what a prolific writer, like so talented, like shaped horror for multiple generations. Um, and then sometimes he kind of like does the top chef thing where it's like, it's a perfect meal. And then he's like, and it's topped with everything bagel foam. And you're yeah. like, I don't know about this. Yeah. I don't think people want Marionberry crumble on their oyster. <laughs> Actually. <laughs> well now come on. Now. Listen, <laughs> explain the difference between that and the, whatever it's called the champagne, whatever. Yeah. What is it? I don't eat it because it's gross. Yeah, it's booger. Um, It's booger. But Anna, I really like this as a new segment of just reading a wiki description of a scary character. You got to do it. I think think let's continue with it. I don't think there... Let me just make sure there's nothing left in here that's worth reading. Does he... So he's... No, that's it. This is the thing. It also, I'm I'm gonna make a call right now. Okay. For I'm not calling anyone. I'm I'm (laughs) I'm putting out an ask to the universe. I think we need to think of better um, villainous things than like someone who's like a sexual criminal. Like, and it's not, it's not to say that there can't be characters who are great at that. It's just like when that's the de facto thing, we, we could just be a little more creative about like what makes someone scary. Yeah. It is like, it is core and it's a shortcut. Yeah. It's a core fear. I'm just going to just picture me fast forwarding through it. Yeah. I think that's good. So you fast forwarded, but you feel like you didn't miss anything because. Well, I went a little too far and then I went back and it was like, I'm throwing up and pooping on the carpet in the (laughs) hotel. I was like, why? (laughs) That is the thing with Stephen King is that characters get a little bit too hysterical when they're women or Mm. basically if they're not the strong cowboy protagonist. Yeah. There's a lot of like a woman cries and takes pills and throws up and falls down and needs to be slapped for right. like, I want to say three out of the five main characters slap a woman who deserves it at some point. Oh my God. <laughs> it's just things just escalate with Stephen King. That's right. his whole thing. That's what I, like I read um, the Peter Stubb book ghost story, which is like one of Stephen King is like, it's one of the best, like a scary novels of the oh, 20th century. And I loved it so much. And then I was talking about it with, um, uh, a horror friend of mine who was like, Oh, you mean the book that's just about four old men who think the scariest thing in the world is like a woman who doesn't want to have sex with them. And I was like, Oh yeah, yeah, that is actually it. And now I've thought about it. That's like it. that is the, like the like ageless demon woman who like keeps coming back is like a woman. They feel they felt threatened by when they were young. That's cool. Yeah. I'm gonna read it though. Yeah. 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 It's, it is also, they made a, wild ass film adaptation of it in the eighties. Oh yeah. That a clip of it went kind of viral a while ago, which is like, um, there's, it's, it's like not, not Bing Crosby's not in it. Fred Astaire is in it. Like old Fred Astaire. Oh, um, it's about, cool. it's about like a group of old man friends who get together once a year in the winter to tell each other ghost stories. Oh. And it's then revealed that like they, they murdered a woman together many years ago. Um, and she's kind of come back. It's Boy Yellow Jackets. It's Boy Yellow Jackets. <laughs> wow. Stephen King credits the book Boy Yellow Jackets yeah, for inspiring. It's blue coats. <laughs> um, but they, so there's this clip that went, that went viral, which is just, it's just very funny to me where it's like an old man on a snowy bridge and like the scary music is mounting and you hear a 
the the woman's voice I think is supposed to be saying Ben, but it sounds like someone just going meh, 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 and then he turns around and it's like a rotting corpse and he falls to his death. But it's so oh, funny cool. to just imagine a ghost being like meh, 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 dead. I think that's great. I think it's great. The yeah. meh killer. The meh killer. I'm big. I'm big into this reading uh, horror character. Thank you. Yeah, I think so too. Anna, this has been another thrill. It's been a thrill. And a half. And one half. And you know what else? Get Get out. out.